Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Toasty Podcast. This is your host, Meng Fei. You might know me, you might not. I chat with creative practitioners about the favorite toasties as well as their creative practice. This week, I'm so excited. I know that I say this every week, but for the first time in Toasty's short history, I finally recorded the first ever in-person recording and I'm so happy. I cannot wait for this lockdown to be over so I can get to be with people physically again. This episode is so down to earth and honest with the wonderful Imo Jeffs. We talked about some really down to earth problems within the creative sector and there's so many wonderful tips by Imo which I think a lot young creative practitioners can benefit from. Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much, Imo, for being on the show with me. Yeah, sweet. Enjoy. So I'm just going to do a clap. And then that will sync everything. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was amazing. It's very loud. It was a very loud clap. <laughs> it really woke me up. Thank you very much. No worries. Okay. Um, yeah. Imo, Jeffs, welcome to Toasty Podcast. Hello. 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 Oh, I was thinking maybe we'll just talk to each other. Oh, yeah, we'll sure. We're just, like, not looking at the camera. <laughs> like, pretend it's not there. That's cool. Um, thank you so much for supporting Toasty. Oh, nice. Like, you've been there, f- like, because we live together. For our listeners who need a bit of a context um, of the story. We live together. Yeah. We have been since November 2020. Yeah. And we had a really interesting beginning stage of... Um, the flat life but you know what we, we, we don't have to talk about it <laughs> but it's you know it's a happy story at the end um and we actually met at the natural history museum yeah we did. um yeah what else is there to say so we, we met at the natural history museum where we, we were both working and yeah. then um i went to kingston uni yes and, I, and I, I worked a weekend job at stanley picker gallery it's and sometimes like storage house and then you're doing the connections yeah the connections kept on coming yeah towards so we have these weird crossovers yeah today is a tuesday afternoon yeah we are sitting in our living room at the flat um very cozy we got ourselves a hot chocolate <laughs> um so if there's some strange sound coming through that's um us drinking hot chocolate yeah yeah, so Imo, for people who doesn't really know anything about you. Oh, yeah. How would you describe your creative practice? Yeah, just tell us who you are. Hi, I'm Imo. Um, I, Hi, Imo. <laughs> I, I live and work in London. Um, I'm an artist who, I did a fine art degree at Kingston, and I ended up sort of specialising in film. But I do, I don't know, I find it very difficult saying I'm a film artist because people often think that means that you're a film maker and I would say people who make films and film artists are, are two quite different things actually. That actually, I learned that from you after yeah. I moved in. Yeah, I had no idea about film artists. Yeah, it, I, I feel like it's somewhat, not too specific, but it, it can be quite a specific thing. Um, so that's what I do. Um, and I also do like performances and poetry and... I've published a few things, so I'm quite eclectic, um, but I would say at the end of the day, I love film the most because when I was at art school, the biggest thing I struggled with is I would make something and people, and then I'd have all of this stuff around it. And people would always say like, we're just seeing like a tiny fraction of what you are trying to express. And then that was when someone suggested, why don't you do film? 
because film moves through time so that way you could guide your audience through what you're trying to say and after that, that was a real revelation for me. And that's when I started getting into it. And wow. I'm, I'm quite self-taught. Thank you, friend, <laughs> for that. Who, yeah. Was it in your first year uni? Yeah, so I'm kind of... I hate saying, like, self-taught because I'm not self-taught because I did do this in a university setting. But I kind of had to just teach myself everything and kind of just do it on the fly. And I, I regret massively. I didn't go to any, like, formal workshops on film editing or take up any classes. And I do regret that. I wish that I had. But hey, we're here, you know, and I do what I can. And I often, I just work with what I've got, you know. Um, yeah. I can't recall if you mentioned, but you did, um, you have a fine art degree. Yeah. I remember vividly, sorry, really <laughs> creepy. We were walking to Sainsbury's together. Mm. I think probably the three of us, Imo and um, the uh, the partner, Abel. Shout yeah. out to Abel. Hi, Abel. <laughs> um, yeah, we were walking there and I was... Never asked you about your creative practice. And you were like, actually, yeah. Um, and then you mentioned, you told me about your creative practices involved with filmmaking. Mm. And you were doing this cool work in the supermarket. <gasps> yeah, that was my final project. Was So I, um, I got, end of second year, they were like, you know, you've got to pick something for a dissertation. And at the time, my biggest sort of criticism, the biggest thing holding me back from a good grade was that they said, you know, you have got like a medium down and an editing style down, but your the topics you pick vary day to day so much. And that is that is how I pick things, is I just go with what I feel like doing. And I I hate it when people are like, oh why did you pick this? And you're like, oh because da 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 you know there doesn't have to be a reason. Mm. Um and I was flicking through books, kind of desperately trying to come up with an idea for a dissertation that wouldn't just be like kind of too generic or too broad and I saw this work by an artist called Bobby Baker in a supermarket and I was like that's what I'm doing and I, I didn't even read the book I just looked at the picture and was like boom that's it I did nothing but supermarkets for a year and it was great it was wonderful <laughs> that's amazing I remember oh, I don't actually think I've seen your work about supermarkets it was years ago now. it was 2018 right so it was a while ago can we see it somewhere do you have like a yes website got cargo collective and my instagram is just imo jeff's art all one word um and you can find everything through there that you Amazing. need but yeah that's cool that so that was the first ever i think creative project but before that it was um Imo was this um, crazy rock lady, uh, <laughs> rock person um, at our flat. By the way, when I do, when, I'm sorry for struggling with um, the um, pronouns because... It's okay, it's second language. I'm and, still yeah. learning, yeah. yeah. And, um, but it's a really good reminder um, to me. And I've been learning so much since I moved in with you guys. Aw, um, thanks. <laughs> I think every day, yeah, it's, re- it's really good, good practice to have that um, thought. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I, on top of all of the art stuff during lockdown, I, I t- lockdown was weird because the first lockdown, I was like, great. Like for the first time in my life ever, I don't, because I work a full time job and I work every other week. I literally work a six day week and um, it's hard and it's physically quite difficult and just before the first lockdown I was getting really like bitter at the world I was getting really like oh I'll screw that I have to be working all the time and I never have time for art and blah 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 and then the first lockdown happened and I was like oh for the first time ever I'm being paid to sit in my flat I can finally make art Mm. and actually that just was not the case and it was really really weirdly refreshing to discover that that was not 
my sort of like I don't know that that was not the way I sort of get motivated and inspired and um, obviously there was the pandemic and stuff going on I've seen a lot of people saying you know the pandemic is not an artist residency and don't feel the need to pressurize yourself to make these things and it's so true and I, that was a that was a hard lesson learned but actually like for me I do like working alongside making art and that is actually kind of important to my life and then in the first lockdown I realized actually I was getting really bitter but actually I didn't have any ideas or anything I particularly wanted to make but yeah. thankfully out of the first lockdown I came up with a few ideas and I have made a few things now because I was getting quite jealous of other people and other artists and seeing artists who can live off their work and I was getting quite jealous of them. Those ones who didn't have to work full time yeah. on a different job. And now I'm actually like, no, actually, yeah. that's just not the truth or the case at all. But yeah. And um, then what, what what was sort of happened and went on to like the phase number two. Phase two. Phase two, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I got really into crafting. Um, and something that I really enjoyed about all of the lockdowns was that I was able for the first time ever was to just craft. Because when I was at university, I swear to God, you do like a tiny little doodle and they're like, is that your practice? <laughs> what does it mean? And I'd gotten so into this, like everything I make has to mean something. It has to have a monetary value. It has to have a like deep meaning. And I was finally, finally able to sort of let go of that. And so I've made some rugs, I've made some candle holders, um, done all kinds of bits. But I haven't made that my practice. I've actually got a separate Instagram account called Immo Makes, which is just about my crafting. Because right. I didn't want the two to get mixed up or to get crossed over in any way. I think that's a great name for exactly what you do. Yeah. can see some people will call it like um, Immo Jeff Studio, Immo Jeff's, um, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just crafting. some like, yeah. yeah. What's mine called? Oh, mine's called Toasty.podcast. <laughs> but um, I was talking to Honey um, and because their name is Honey Birch Studio. Mm. And we were kind of like, oh, yeah. Um, they weren't very sure about the name. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, I just feel like it's so embarrassing. I'm trying to sound professional. But I think the point is everyone's trying. And I really like that name. Sorry, that's a really long story no, after you said um, yeah, I the think name. There is this huge pressure on creative people when we make something. It's like, can you turn this into a business? Can you? Can you? Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to. And, like, I'm really, really in a really lucky position. I've been furloughed on 100%. Mm. So throughout all of this, like, financially, I haven't had to worry that much. Um, and that's been really, really good. So, yeah, like, I, I would like to put that out there that, like, I haven't had to worry in that regard. So yeah, and that's how sit back a bit. Yeah, that's really, that's really good. But you, you talked about doodling and people asking you about, oh, is that your practice? Mm. And it just immediately brings me back to... Um, some art school stories I've heard because mm. even though I technically am going to art school but I'm not really mm. because I'm doing a museum and gallery course whereas fine art could be a lot more intense and I've definitely heard some toxic stories about being in the studio with other people and just it's a really competitive environment was yeah, it the same for you absolutely like I I don't know art school was such a tricky experience because at the time it was what I kind of needed and what I believed was the best option for me. But now, I sometimes I wish I could have travelled back in time and said, don't go to art school for a few years. Just take some time out for yourself. Get a job. Think it all through. Blah, blah, blah. And um, 
I wish I could have just given myself a few more tools before I went to art school because I feel like I spent too much time at art school, A, taking myself too seriously and being like, I need to develop my practice rather than taking in the whole course, everything they had to offer, such as like the workshops and the talks and the trips and stuff like that. Like I didn't do all of them because I felt that like, oh, I, I haven't got a time for that. And that was really silly. And then secondly, I guess I went, I only sort of started to discover what I really wanted to make sort of at the end of first year and then spent the next two years kind of just playing catch up and if I'd just taken a few years out and maybe maybe I would have worked that out for myself a little bit then I could have come into it and gotten a bit more from it and the people who did come into art school having taken a few years out got so much more from the course I think right so that's that's just personally how I feel foundations however in the UK they're free while you're under 19 right so foundations i cannot recommend enough i think they're amazing i didn't know that yeah so like i when i did foundation a lot of people did it with me there was quite a few who actually either a weren't going to do a degree afterwards or b were going on to do completely different degrees like english science other things and they were just taking this one year out to kind of just make art really and i think foundations are great that's amazing that's really good advice because i can relate to that of um thinking back like did I do my three years of bachelor's at the right time in my life Mm. and I but but then again if I do go back in time I would call myself crazy and because yeah I don't know I went to uni and it was a lot more about socializing yeah It, it was not I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do at that time yeah but you always knew you wanted to do fine art. Yeah, and like the A-levels in this country, man, they just, they push you into doing painting and drawing so much. And I'm just not a painter or a drawer. Very specifically painting yeah. and drawing. and I went into foundation painting. I don't know. This country just... needs more drawers and painters. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's just, it's just the, the, the education system and how they've set it up. And I could write about that all day, honestly. Yeah, when I went on to foundation, I remember my tutor sitting me down one day and he was like, please, please stop trying to paint. <laughs> and I was relieved. I was like, oh my God, I don't have to do this. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, it's weird that. Um, but if I'd taken a few years out after my foundation, I might have, I might have come around to film. But also, it's all, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's so easy to say, like, oh, you know, I, I should have done this, I should have done that. It, you know, everyone could say that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So tell me what is fine art? Fine art, I would, like, the way I described it when I did the course was, um, visual philosophy. That sounds so pretentious, but literally the amount of philosophy we would read and study like in relation to art and when people make the work it doesn't really matter about necessarily the materials or how much time has gone into it it's all about the sort of thought behind it and the ideas behind it and I I like a lot of it is very philosophical so that's sort of how I would describe it that's so cool wow yeah so what is your philosophical thought behind your practice I like to take kind of everyday things that are overlooked and really kind of hone in on them supermarkets yeah supermarkets um there's a proposal i'm putting out at the moment for um making a documentary about the the zoom on a camera like how you zoom in and out yeah um i've been rejected so far from everywhere i've applied to for funding but you know if you if you want me if you want to pay me to make a film about it uh, please get in touch (laughs) um the 
the other thing I did really recently was the um, give yourself credit, which yes. was me and my boyfriend. I just took a very small extract from a conversation we'd had about how I was feeling insecure that I wasn't being productive enough. So it was based on the real conversation. Yeah, it right. was, and. I stuck letters up in the window spelling out each word of that conversation individually and then made a film um, of it, a stop, sort of stop-motion type film. And it was taking something that was kind of I was quite insecure about and that I was saying quite frequently, or at least to myself or to my boyfriend, and sort of really displaying it for the world to see. I remember what I said to you about that project after watching it. And I'm going to say it again because that was so good. And I remembered what I said. I said, I thought it was really brave of, because it was very vulnerable. Yeah. You know, with some real feelings. And it, it was, was a bit depressing. Really sad. <laughs> and I think people would appreciate how, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I, lockdown, I got to the point of I'm a little bit sick of people trying to pretend that they've mm. got themselves together mm. and like, look, I'm doing this, look, I'm doing that. Mm. I was like, all right, cool, good for you. Um, that sounds really mean, but... <laughs> no, I think that's a very valid feeling. Like, it's 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 hard. But yeah, I, I thought that was really brave. And I think when you do express how you feel, truly, and like, it was 100% you. And mm. it was, you know, a real conversation, which I just found out. I didn't know that it was a real conversation. I think people can really relate to that. And this yeah. is what, what I want this podcast to be be about. We kind of talked about art schools and creative industries multiple times. And it's not always about rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, it's not straightforward. It's like I was saying to you the other day, there's another, I can't remember the name of it, but there was this art podcast a while ago I was listening to. And they were interviewing lots of very successful artists. I know their name, but I'm not going to say I mean, to be honest, it, this podcast, I, I was listening to them basically a whole summer last year. Yeah. And I did get to know a few really interesting artists, but not all of them. Yeah. And I felt very distanced because they, I felt like they belonged to a certain group that yeah, I'm really far away from. Yeah, like I, I started listening to that podcast to listen to other artists about their practices and it was great. But after about four or five episodes, I was like, oh, I'm really like, I'm, I'm on the tube to my second job where I'm about to work until 1am. And then I, this was at the time and then, yeah. you know, come home and then I've got to get up at six to go and work a job that I hate. And it was a re- it was a really tough time. And I was listening to that and I just thought like, oh, I'm not, like this it, wasn't the museum just to be. No, clear. it wasn't. No. The museum. This was two other jobs. Yeah. Um, but it 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 was one of those things where at the time I was listening to that and I was like, oh, that's where I need to be. And that's not where I am. And I'm a failure and I'm not successful. And I was listening to this and I just had to stop listening to it eventually because it's all well and good listening to an artist and about an artist's process, but if if it's putting you down, if it's making you feel rubbish, just stop and take yeah. a respite. Because I think the reality is for a lot of young artists, it's it's really hard, especially really hard right now. And, you know, a lot of us aren't. I'm not living off my art. So, you know, I've got a job and I have got an artistic practice, but I'm not making money off of my art. And that's something I'm perfectly happy to be honest about. I'm not going to go online and try and make it look like otherwise yeah and i really appreciate that as well because that's essentially how this the foundation of toasty because i'm not paying my um guests on the show but it's all just because you know i feel very lucky and privileged to have these 
you know, you guys and amazing friends to support me. But also this is my attempt to kind of bring these struggling artists together. Yeah, and you know, I'm really appreciating this because you're giving people who are super, super early in their career a voice. And I think... I, You know what? I'm just... I, I need to get in there early, you know? Because <laughs> once you get famous, you can't really afford to pay you guys anymore. Um, yeah. So that's me trying to take advantage of um, the early stages. Of, yeah. Um, but I think, I think, like, so few people actually do that because everyone likes to all the stuff they put online they like to present as kind of completed finished successful. really put together and i really like that you're just kind of being a bit more i don't know casual <laughs> not even casual just honest candid oh, giving people who are really early on an actual voice and a, and a platform i really appreciate that thank you like that's really <laughs> sweet um yeah i think toasty is really it, I, th- I can't remember if i told you or not but it really is an idea from 2016 like, I was just taking photos, and I was always always having coffees with other people. And then I clicked, like, yeah, hot chocolate. <laughs> because I was having coffees with lots of different people because I wanted to know about their lives. Mm. I wanted to talk with them. Because people's stories just fascinates me. And I also love um, the creative industry. And I know how precarious the industry is and i wanted to let more people know that they're not alone yeah and you know some other people like we're all struggling here and hopefully these conversations would encourage people to go further in pursuing a creative career yeah so don't give up yet (laughs) don't give up yet no really don't and don't get bitter get better (laughs) wow to quote Alyssa edwards Edwards, yes that's another thing that we've been doing at this oh uh, (laughs) rupaul's drag race yeah rupaul's drag race wait is next week the finale that's genuinely how i know what days of the week is right now yeah true yeah if if it's the uk drag race i know it's a thursday if it's the us i know it's a saturday Saturday. because we're that cute we do these like two um viewing sessions what do you call them yeah yeah we just watch it together every week it's flat and we have a projector and we have a big window sort of opposite the projector and our neighbours get to see a really bright pink wall every few yeah. days. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, what do you think that they think that we do? I think we live for it. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So tell us a bit more about the crafty things that you've made. Oh my goodness. So... Some of the lockdown things, because I'm a huge fan of this. So I want you to talk about I did like a blog this. for the Newbridge project ages ago because the first lockdown is when I like tried to start the craft stuff and it just flopped so badly because I took on some really ambitious things. Like? I, <laughs> I tried to embroidered, embroid the whole, um, you know the quote, um, congratulations Jane, you've won Jane, um, what was it, like, you've completely ruined my night from Come Dine With Me? It's like an infamous, no. okay, oh, okay. Uh, it's infamous quote from UK television, Right. and it's like, it's so bad, um, and I tried embroidering that into a whole jacket, and I gave up, and I threw the jacket out, I was like, I can't do this. So you ruined the jacket? I ruined a jacket. Oh. It was from a charity shop, and it was really old, it was, it was like this, it was a blazer. Okay. Um, it was a really old uh, blazer, so it was a project, but it was an absolute fail. It was terrible, and I, I regret it. Um, and then, what else did I do? There was just loads of stuff I, I started and didn't finish, and I'm pretty sure it's in these drawers somewhere. Okay. Hiding. But yeah. the third lockdown, I nailed it. We've got our cow print, um, plant pots, we've got our painted shelves. So what's the time frame of the third lockdown? November. Third lockdown is December. December, Do you remember yeah. that Saturday we went out and got stuff for Christmas and then we got home and they were like, it's all locked down. And we were like, 
great. That's right. Yeah. After Kingston. Yeah, we went yeah. to Kingston, came home, and we were like, well, we just missed a storm. Yeah. Yeah. We had, like, two weeks before Christmas out. Not even that. A week and a half, probably. I was. I think I was back at work for, like, a total of ten days. Before so for ten days, yeah. Well, because we went into tier four, and then the museum closed. And yeah. then... Oh, hamster's up. Uh, we went into... Yeah, joining us today, we also have Parsley. <laughs> Parsley. Representing a cute little hamster. Oh, she's over there in the corner. Bless her. <laughs> I wonder if um, we can hear it from the recording. Her little wheel is squeaking. Oh, my God thing oh she oh, so much bigger has she she has i don't think she i think she's all right she's really cute um not that it's a bad thing um <laughs> just saying yeah she's a dwarf hamster so she's pretty small in the grand scheme of things bless her my favorite thing that i know of that you've made from lockdown you probably already know this what was it what do you think it is well the rugs that's my second favorite. Oh, okay. What's your favorite? Your dress. Oh my god. Yeah. Duh. That was first lockdown. But yeah. Oh, okay. That was first lockdown. Yeah, that dress. That was the only successful thing to come out of first lockdown. Yeah. So, who is the name? Oh, I can't remember the name of the designer. Australian designer Rachel something. She makes these gorgeous dresses that are like loads of tulle layered on top of each other, and they're beautiful. But they're about a thousand Australian dollars, and yeah. I can't afford that. So I made my own. I think this is the beginning of <laughs> lots of little sweet little projects that you started. Yeah. Something that you like, too expensive, or I'm going to make my own. Yeah. 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 So that yeah. was the inspiration behind that dress. Yeah. Yeah. The worst, the worst, like, lockdown project was when I repainted the whole corridor. That was appalling. Why was it the worst one? Well, because you know how the corridor used to be magnolia and now it's white. Um, one day I was just like, I am so sick of this corridor, and it has. I'm just nodding. I have no idea magnolia. It, it has um, like. oh magnolia is that like pale yellow color that's in our rooms, yeah. Okay. Um, and it had peeling wallpaper as well, and it had been like that for two years. And I ended up messaging our landlord. I was like, I am sick of this. I'm really sorry, but I'm going to redo a whole corridor. And he was like, That's okay. Um, and I ripped down all of the uh, huge pieces of wallpaper and I filled them all in, sanded them all down. And that was a real pain, and then I've repainted it. But it was a good, bad project. It was good. It was a good, bad project in that I originally was just going to repaint the skirting board because the skirting boards had gotten a bit dirty. Right, right. And then, and then decided to repaint the whole corridor. <laughs> and you're not, you're meant to repaint walls and then do skirting boards. And uh, I did it the other way around. I see. And it was the biggest hassle. It was awful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. That was, these all stories before I moved in. Yeah, that was the story before you moved in. But believe me, if you were here, you would have been like, am I, what are you doing? Because we have a very narrow corridor as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I feel, feel kind of bad for like... The corridor was a mess for days. And I was... Playing, <laughs> I, I was mess for days. I was in a real mood as well at the time. My and... next podcast name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Mess for days. Um, I was in a real mood at the time and I was playing this playlist uh, of post-Soviet dark wave, which is a very specific genre. <laughs> like super loudly. <laughs> Just oh my like God. Yeah, I, I would not want to be near you at that time. <laughs> it was just no. really bad. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but yeah, it wasn't good. And then the rugs was lockdown three. And then the rugs was lockdown three. The stars of lockdown three. It was great. How many rugs did you make? In the end, three. Um, but I made lots of mini little things. That's just right, those strawberries. Yeah, to like pay for it. I haven't sold any of them. <laughs> Yes, you have. <laughs> no, I haven't. no, oh, the lemon. I sold, sold the little circles I made. I sold two of those. 
but I made these big strawberries. Um, they're quite big, that yeah. That I tried to sell and none of them sold, yeah. But they're lovely. Um, they make great decorations in the home. Yeah, and check them out um, where Immo makes. Depop. 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 If you go to any of my Instagrams, I have a link tree. So you can find everything you need there. Do you think Toasty needs a link tree? Everyone needs a link tree. <laughs> but I also, I only have Toasty. There's oh, one if you link. only have one thing, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. If you have more than two, though, I'd recommend it because it's a really good, it's really easy. But what people are starting to do is they put, you know, like, obviously support, like, uh, BLM or some other charity events. Mm. They put their link there. Yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of people use Linktree now as well. Because yeah. you have that NHS thing, don't you? I've got a few. I've got the NHS one, and then recently the the government has done a call for evidence for violence against women and girls. Oh wow. Um, in the light of um the Sarah Everard incident, yeah, in common, yeah. Um, so the government have put out a call for evidence, which is what the government do whenever they kind of want to hear from the public um, about any kind of issue. Is that what sometimes on the streets you will see signs of, like, these yellow signs that has incident here? Oh, no, that's, like, that's not call for evidence. That's, like, you need to call the police if you've seen something. So that would be a witness. Right. It's called a call for evidence. It's more of just a public survey. They call it a call for evidence, but it means a survey, basically. Yeah. Um, so that's in my link tree right now, um, which I would recommend. I don't know if it'll still be open by the time this comes out, but I would recommend people looking at that. Yeah. Um, and I've got my Depop, my website, my commissions, uh, a few friends who have fundraisers, that kind of... I have... I have all, I'm very eclectic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is my downfall, because I think my social media is a mess. It's just How many Instagram accounts do you have? Three. Okay. <laughs> I have a personal account, personal art account. Is your personal private or public? No, it's public, okay. but sometimes I make it private. Mm. It depends kind of what's going on in my life, because like, I used to work in a school, and when I was working in a school, I made that private, for example. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know. <laughs> um, so it, I, it's just there so that if I do want to have a private account that is a bit more intimate, I can. But at the moment, it's public, because I don't really have anything that private going on. Yeah. Yeah. So your private and email makes and what's the my art account my my art, yeah. yeah my business <laughs> what's the business called well uh, just email Jeff's art yeah my, oh my, art my business side yeah, yeah. so email Jeff's make email Jeff's and email Jeff's art. art yeah that's the one I like that yeah Google me <laughs> yeah if you Google me I'm the only thing that comes up because of the spelling. oh really yeah because the J E F F E S it's a really unique surname. For some reason, it's very specific spelling. So if you t- type it in, all of my family come up. Yeah, I mean, that's because you have, like, some famous... Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I only know the musician. So, uh, yeah, Simon, who was my uncle, uh, he sadly passed away uh, from cancer. He used to run the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. And now my cousin Arthur has uh, sort of taken over that and does that. Then my uncle Rory Jeffs... Um, was part of Sydney Opera House, recently uh, left that role, uh, but it was quite high up in Sydney Opera House. And then, I'm trying to think. That's really cool. Yeah. A few other people. Do you think I can get them on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no, it wouldn't be toasty anymore. It would be, like, um, I don't know what that would be. I'm thinking of, like, like, a food reference that's so much better than a toasty. Croquettes. What's a croquette? It's a Dutch Dutch street food that I love. Right. Oh, yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, deep fried. If you ever come to the Netherlands, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go straight to the snack bar. Yes. First thing. So good. 
Even in the airport. Yeah. They're all great. <laughs> I can't wait to go. Speaking of food, do you want to do a, a toasty? I was going to say, like, that was a really smooth <laughs> translation um, of toasty. But yeah, Imo Jeffs, what's your toasty? Oh, okay. I have actually thought about this. So my toasty... It's so boring. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm really sorry. Don't I'm have to really apologise. Boring. I actually do have really interesting taste in food, and I do like lots of different foods. But when it comes to a toasty, for me, it's like a personal comfort food. Yes. Um. So I would have, um, either like, Hovis seeded loaf, or just plain white bread, depending. Okay. Um, with butter, a good layer of like a mild cheddar, and then marmite. Cheese and marmite. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. All the way. And then just, that, like, that's it. Yeah. So it's like a cheese toasty. Yeah. And then butter the outside and, like, burn it a little bit. That's actually really... <laughs> sounds really good. Yeah, marmite and cheese is so good. I don't think I've ever... No, that is not true. You must have. Back in um, Bestie Cafe, which, by the way, you guys need to listen to Toasty with Honey, after listening to this Toasty with Emo... <laughs> We talked about the cafe that I worked at. I think I probably told you about this bestie um, in Auckland, New Zealand. We, we had these um, Marmite scrolls. We called them a scroll. They're essentially a roll, but they look like scrolls. Oh, cool. Like, you know, a paper. Then you, so you screw like roll them. It up. Yeah. Oh. And then you cut them. So they look like those cinnamon rolls, mm. but we called them cinnamon scrolls. <laughs> because they're very big, they're huge, and they just. There's so much more than a roll, so. Nice. Um, and I had one of cheese and marmite. I think it's just so it's it's delicious. It's so good. Is there another option? Do I get a dessert? Go on. <laughs> what's it? Yeah, I feel like yeah. What's a dessert? Oh, I don't know. I I think. By the way, you don't have to apologize for cheese and marmite at all. I feel like who needs to be apologizing? Like my future guests, if you want something like I don't know, a caviar or. What's another really fancy thing? Lobster. Lobster. Like, that's that you need to apologise. A lobster toastie. Because I think a toastie needs to be very accessible. Yeah. Every day. Also, like, hot caviar would taste so gross. That's true. I never <laughs> thought about it. That's true. A dessert one. I think I'd have to just go for, like, Nutella. Keep it super simple. Yeah. Just straight up Nutella from the jar. Maybe with something else. <laughs> or, or, you know what's really good? It's just like butter and then cinnamon and sugar on toast. Wow. It's so good. Butter, cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. How do you cook them? Do you put them in a pan? Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of just like American French toast, isn't it, really? But. I don't know what American... So it's without the eggs... American French toast, they make it with the eggs and then they roll it in cinnamon and sugar. Oh, okay. But this would be without the eggs, just some butter instead to like stick it all together. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, delicious. I love your toasty. <laughs> Thanks. I think now I'm going to start to naming each episode the, the toasty that you choose instead <laughs> of your name. Cheese and Marmite. Cheese and Marmite. That's um, <laughs> Jeff's, you guys. Um, wow. That's another thing I learned from you. Like, you're very resourceful. <laughs> you always know something. When I struggle with something, you, I, I tend to come to you and be like, "Hey, this happened. Who? What do I? What do I do?" No, something, or I have opinions on things as well. So I do sometimes put my foot in it, um, and I do say the wrong thing, but I'm, I'm always up for learning and correcting myself. That's yeah. I think it's that's how I learn, 
by doing things. I can never learn from something just from what other people tell me. Mm. But I always learn things from making mistakes mainly when I get caught out, okay. which is probably not the best, but yeah, and I've made so many mistakes. Really, yeah, <laughs> I've made I've made a lot of mistakes in my in my life with my career in my youth stuff. in my youth. <laughs> I'm hitting twenty five. I'm about to hit that, oh, that mid twenties crisis. Um, yeah, this is a birthday episode. I oh think yeah, this it's, will, my, it's my birthday next week. This will come out. Um, I think two days. Wait, one day after your birthday. Ah, cute. So That's so jokes. Late happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> but but from the future. Oh, I'll be twenty five when this comes out. That's so cute. Yeah, love that. Yeah, so I guess should I? I there's something I would quite like to talk about actually on this podcast, which is uh, my sort of career since graduating. Because I think if you look at my Instagrams, if you look at me on paper, everything looks fine. But in reality, that was very, very, very far from the truth. Um, it's all a lie it's all a lie so after graduating i um went and worked in a school and the the job was artist in residence slash artist technician it was 16 hours a week one six and was advertised as twenty thousand pounds per year pro rata so i thought okay that's about half of a working week is is, uh 16 so a working week is about 37 hours so it should be just under about 10 grand when it comes through and i'll be working two days a week it came through and the actual pay was um, six grand for the whole year and they stretched me out over three days and they didn't provide the studio advertised and uh, cut a long story short, I ended up being workplace bullied as well by a member of staff. Thankfully, he wasn't in my department um, and it was just a terrible time and my mental health suffered immensely and I had to quit early and I ended up being paid four grand for the whole year and I actually made... A project about eggs in that time and I ended up doing a performance piece which unfortunately it was filmed but it was filmed out of focus and the sound came out terribly oh, no. so I, I, I'm really sorry but I'm not gonna be releasing that film because it was just too bad quality what about eggs yeah and no. I, I did this presentation about my residency in an egg suit saying how bad the residency was <gasps> do you was. still have this suit I, I didn't I sold it oh, <laughs> I was really shit. drunk and this guy gave me a tenner and was like I'll take this, the egg outfit and I gave it to him <laughs> And then, and did you make the, the did you make the egg suit? Yeah. At the time I was financially really desperate. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's um, a shame. Yeah, I wish I'd kept it. It was really, really basic, so it's fine. What was it? I did this, yes, I did this presentation performance um about it. Which is on it is on my website, so the, the the slides from the PowerPoint. Um and then I had to take a second job working at the Odeon um on a zero hours contract and it was such a hard time because i was juggling these two jobs and the only reason i kept the school job was because i was like it's an artist job and like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna get a job as an artist if i don't keep this and i was being told by my colleagues they were like oh you're an artist oh that's so hard oh and uh, that art job uh quote unquote art job that was the hardest experience of my professional life and i had to go to therapy afterwards to get help because i was i it absolutely affected my mental health really really badly yeah. i had to there's one day where i had a breakdown i had to just walk out and it was humiliating it was awful so i um i'm very pleased i've moved on from that but i'm, I'm saying this now because i do want people to know if you're a young artist if you're a young creative you really don't have to go for these jobs that, that are like obviously exploiting you yeah well you don't have to go for these jobs because you think it will look good on paper as well when i graduated yeah there was so much pressure to be like oh you did not degree you're you know 
not going to be successful unless you immediately get a job, immediately go into work and work really hard because otherwise it's going to look really bad on your CV. And yeah, big gaps on your CV aren't great, but was that worth it? No, I would argue. But if I hadn't found that job, I, I would have had to have given up my home and moved back because I couldn't, I, I wasn't paid enough to live off at the school and the Odeon only just made me enough money. And when I quit the, the school job and took up zero hours at the Odeon, I actually made more money. <laughs> so temporarily, only for two months, and then I got the job at the NHM. But, yeah, and yeah. so much better for your mental health as well. Yeah, and like, you know what, when you graduate, if you don't immediately find a job and you need to take a break and you need to move back in with your parents, yeah, it's not ideal, but you're not a failure. It's not the end of the world, you know? No, and that's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, general. No, it's fine. It's just sometimes taking these jobs because you think it's going to look good and be the right thing, but you're really unhappy. That's, it's not the right way to go. I, I can really relate that. to that, yeah. yeah. I think one way or another, everyone that I know around our age is sort of, we, we have had similar experience that we can relate to this story mm. i definitely can relate of some of the past things like internships that i've done was just shit and mm. i thought having that was going to be better exactly like what you said having that was going to be better than not having that yeah um but it would just ended up being a waste of time and energy yeah um and something i said to my cousin the other day who she's about to graduate and she's having she's just sort of finding her feet was i said to her you know as well, people say, oh, you can use the experience. I do not bring up the school job in any of my interviews at all because I don't want them to say, oh, you really, you did this, you did that? Oh, where, what was that like? Da, da, da. I don't want them asking more questions because I don't want to have to tell them, oh, I quit because I was being bullied and not paid enough. You don't want to bring that up in an interview. Yeah. So ultimately, that the quote-unquote experience that, that that job gave me is nothing. Really, I'm I, really sorry that you went through that. That's oh, fine. I I've learned so much from it, and I that's why I feel like it's important to talk about it on this podcast. But because but from I'd your like personal, know, you know, yeah. But from your personal experience, though, not from the job that you've learned so much from. Yeah, personal experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was really, you know, it takes, you know, it could have broke you forever. Yeah. But because it was you, you. I mean, were... I, I at one point I rem- I was so down. I remember thinking, if this is what the workplace is like. I think I'm going to have to give up and move back in with my parents. Because it was your first London job. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, like, I can't do this. I think I'm going to have to give up everything. And it was really awful. It was a really terrible thought to have. Yeah. Um, but I'm better now and things are all right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish no one will ever have to go through that. But I feel like sometimes... Because you know how people say, like, just say yes to everything when you're young. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, set your boundaries, know your worth. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many toxic thing about young creative practitioners. Oh, oh if you don't do this for free, well, someone else would. Yeah. And I think when you're young and you're just starting up, you're really scared of that thing. A failure of humiliation, failure, yeah. of not making money. I mean, the reality is I haven't made any money off my work living in London. And uh, unfortunately, I have made money off my work in Newcastle with the Newbridge Project, which shout out to them. They're amazing. You know, it's it's tough, and just because I haven't made any money off my art yet, it's fine. I'm still here. I'm still making art. I'm still. I've just. I now work full time, and I have a different sort of way of doing things. And I think the the way that my life is leading, it's not exactly very Instagrammable. Like, oh, I work a full time thing and make art, and you know, it's it's quite tough and da 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 and tiring. But that's the reality of it, and I'm fine being quite open about that. Thanks for sharing those, like, because they're quite. 
very personal stories. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, no worries. I think a podcast is the great setting to turn. <laughs> yeah. And I'm happy that... Because you've always been so available for people who wants... Who, who needs help. You're kind of... You're like a fire police officer. <laughs> it's kind of like when... Uh, this is Emma when when someone needs help or something she'd be like I'm coming sorry they, they're like I'm coming um what can I do in my head that's yeah. you I, I actually went to like work training about this where they were like okay so it was about communication styles okay. and they were like okay so we've analytical we have driver we have amiable and we have um expressive and cut a long story short, everyone in the training fell into all of the other categories except for driver, and I was the only driver. And a driver, a driver. communicator is someone who likes to tell information about the task on hand. And that is just, anything happens, and I will just like be like, okay, what can we do? Let's do this. Da, 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 da. And I, I'm very like, yeah. Well, that's it for today then, I guess. Thanks very much for being on the show. Nice. Yeah, thank you for having me. And a happy birthday again for yesterday. Ah, thank you. From the the future. (laughs) Okay. That's so cute. Bye, Mo. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Mm, Yes, Emo Jeffs, I love you. Never stop being a driver communicator, please. Thank you for being on the show, Emo. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Please do check out the works that we talked about by Imo on Instagram from Imo Jeff's Art. No spaces, no caps in between. Just type in Imo Jeff's Art. And thank you so much for listening. I know I say that a lot, but I mean it a lot. Next week, we have another filmmaker coming up and I'm really, really excited to present them to you. In the meantime, stay safe and thank you so much for listening to this. Speak soon. Bye.